What are you drinking there, bud? I'm drinking a high noon vodka and soda passion fruit made with real juice. Uh, it's pretty good. It's tasty. Well, on that note, welcome back, everybody, to the latest installment of the Metal Oasis podcast with me, your host, Adam, and my lovely and handsome best friend, Orion. Orion, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. Good God, could you have not sounded any more creepy? Dude, we're we're getting into we're getting into some melodic death metal today, buddy. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling the, the, whoa, whoa, the whoa. darkness beckoning. Time out there, bud. We're getting into progressive mellow death. Okay. There's a lot going on. There's like 67 titles. This this album has a wide range, as does Stu Block's vocals, which we'll we'll be hearing. Shortly. Bingo, bingo. Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, our journey into the Great White North uh, continues. Continues accidentally and legitimately accidentally. This was not planned, but very funny nonetheless. So today, Into Eternity, Canadian progressive metal slash power metal slash melodic death metal band from the Great White North, Regina, Saskatchewan, formed in 97. And we are going to be diving deep into Scattering of Ashes, which, if I'm not mistaken, as we you know, kind of continue these early episode themes of taking a little stroll down memory lane, I think this is one of the first bands we talked about where I was like, hey, man, you should check out this band, Into Eternity. The lead singer has a crazy fucking range. Give him a spin. This is one of those early bands. That forged the bonds of our friendship. Well, that is correct. Mm. But before we get into that, my guy, let us dive back in real quick. Oh, yeah. To last week's episode where we trudged through the great white north and snow with a good, good band. Oh, yeah. Unleash the archers. Um, got some, I actually got some good feedback by that. Got an email here. And I don't know how it's done, but this fucking guy, Anthony, just doesn't go away. (laughs) He says, let me just start out by telling you, Orion, that Adam won't understand any Lord of the Rings references. See now, seen as how he hasn't seen the films. Is this a fact? I swear to God, read the email. No, I mean, is this a fact you haven't seen Lord of the Rings? If I wanted to watch trees walk for eight hours, I would just go stand outside. Is this a Clerks 2 reference making fun of Lord of the Rings and you haven't seen Lord of the Rings? Yes. I don't however, know if this podcast can continue. However, I have told you that I would like to, you know, a long like Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekend. We watch one movie a day. Okay. The extended director's cut because I can't watch a six hour movie you know, three times in one day. Well, none of them are six hours, but don't lie lie to me. Return of the King's like four. I just, I'm shocked. God, you, 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 you you stupid idiot. Have you not (laughs) seen those movies? I have tried watching the fellowship several times and I get about an hour in. I was like, what the fuck 
is this? It's just so funny coming off of like, I love the narrative adventure and the 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 immortal coming forth from the mountain to fight his foes. And then a week later, you're like, Lord of the Rings, fucking trees walking and fantasy bullshit. I tried watching it for an hour. What a bunch of nerds. <laughs> what a a what a what a paradox of a man you are. Well, so Anthony continues. He says, Adam, I can't wait to hear you talk more about your love of ballads and how you were quote-unquote stimulated during your early exposure to metal. Thank Lord Cthulhu that isn't the case anymore. That being said, I want to use this moment to highlight the greatest, in all caps, Nintendo core band of all time. You're talking about Power Glove? Horse the Band. A Horse the Band. Okay. What makes them the greatest, you may ask, he says. Well, it's probably because they're the only ones in the genre. A win is a win, right? An album, I suggest, is The Mechanical Hand. It's just a fun album to listen to. It might not be for everybody, but it is certainly for me. With love, Anthony, not fucking Tony with a thousand exclamation points. So, Anthony, thank you for that. I guess I should actually take time to watch The Lord of the Rings, but... You are dumb. Um, But, you know, we'll fix that in the future. Here we are. I'm going to interject real quick. So, Anthony, um, thanks for the email, and thank you for, for agreeing with me, as per usual. Um, and Adam just being so dumb and so wrong. Uh, so, Anthony, if you like um, Horse the Band... And you're 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 kind of digging that kind of unique sound of like the Nintendo core kind of like progressive video game kind of stuff. You should check out mini bosses. Um, they play a lot of like vi- like early retro game influenced stuff like Mega Man, Metroid, Castlevania, like that kind of stuff. So check out mini bosses. Um, hashtag Adam's wrong. And yeah, <laughs> so like good stuff. Hashtag Adam's wrong. I mean, that's the lifeblood of this podcast is just true. me. And the greater listening audience just vehemently disagreeing with you on virtually everything. But occasionally there's those little moments where we can agree. And it feels like when the Grinch's heart just grows three sizes. So I'll let you start this one off because I spoke in great detail about how much I loved Unleashed Archers. So you start off, buddy. Why does... Into eternity, rub their scrot and balls all over your face. Well, uh, uh, well, hmm, how do I even begin? Pretty easily, actually. So my my older brother, um, was like, "You got to check this band out." Wait, wait, wait. And I Chris, want you to wait. Chris rubbed his scrot and balls all over your face. No, no. Um, that's the uh, nope, nope. I, I believe it. I think that's what happened to you at seventh best, if I'm not mistaken. I'm picturing it now. I don't know if you could picture it. You were pretty blackout. Uh, anywho, uh, moving on. So True. this album um, or this band, rather, my brother was like, hey, you got to check out this band. These vocals are crazy. And the first time I heard it, I was like, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot to take in. And then he's like, it's all the same dude. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's one guy. He's doing all this shit. And I was like, no fucking way. Checked them out more. Burned a hole through this album that we're about to review. And then I had the privilege of um, seeing them open for, 
I'm fairly positive it was Symphony X. Um, it might have been Camelot, but I'm pretty certain it was Symphony X. And I got to chat with Stu Block for a few minutes um, at the show. It was at the Jacks in Northern Virginia, which I don't think exists anymore. And they were just they were just fucking great. So Into Eternity is um, they're really interesting because they're they're pretty wide ranging from like kind of like melodic singing to thrash to power metal type of moments and then a lot of like death and black metal shit and blast beats and just they're just really all over the place which can be a little polarizing even on the same album there can be some songs that you're like where the fuck did this come from but they're really really great i have enjoyed them for a while they they pop up sometimes for me but every time they do it's always a good good time so i don't think this one will be um super difficult in the sense of like, there's not going to be any like major, this song's terrible or anything like that, at least for me. But I'm curious to see how we rank these. We might be pretty different here, but you know, I think that that's, that's a fair enough introduction to dive in. It's like a look at this album dissected a bit. Any thoughts from you before we, we start to go through this? Well, yeah, I mean, this was definitely, you know, I got introduced to this band because of you, which is fantastic. I am grateful for that because this band is fan-fucking-tastic. Um, this is the first album to feature Stu Block on lead vocals. Um, I mean, Tim Roth, who is the basically the band leader, who can do cleans, he can do the death growls, he plays all the fucking guitars, rhythm, the blistering solos. Like He's a one-man band, but you can't do it all. So you've got to have a great vocalist. So I think him finding Stu mm. is a fantastic addition, especially at this point, because they've really had a self-titled, but they had Dead or Dreaming and then Buried in Oblivion, which are two, I think, really good albums. But that's pretty much, you know, Tim doing all the vocal work. It, but Now, there is another vocalist there who is doing vocals, but it's really hard to differentiate who is who until you really get to the scattering of ashes, which I think that really like Tim Roth really take a step back and says, all right, we're a progressive death metal band. I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to rip some fucking solos. You do the vocals, you do the screams, you do the cleans, you do the black metal screeches, you do the guttural vocals. You know, if there are vocals to be done, you got to do them Stu. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> and he does. He literally, the wide range of vocals that we're about to experience on this album is fantastic. And the simple fact that this is not Three Inches of Blood, where you've got Jamie and Cam Pipes. You know, you've got a screamer, you've got clean vocalist, you have Stu motherfucking Block doing like, these siren air raids into guttural vocals, into black metal vocals, into just yelled vocals, like in one like little pitch. It's fantastic. Like it's it's gonna be a fun fucking ride. I, I just remember you in the early onset of our friendship talking about metal, talking about three inches of blood. He's like, Hey, have you heard of three of a band called Into Eternity? I'm like, Nope. Like, oh, they're Canadian. I'm like, oh, of course they are. <laughs> um, the, this album was released in 2006. 
you know, we really didn't catch up until about 2010, 2011, you know, they had released their last album, The Incurable Tragedy, in 08. But that was their second album was Do Block. But The Scared of Ashes was the first one. So you're like, hey, check out this album. Like, I was in high school. My brother showed this to me. I think you'll like it, too. So I, you know, I look at the album art. Okay, Into Eternity, you got like a like a stone silhouette, basically, on the album art. Nothing too, you know, crazy. It just has, you know, the band, their logo. Okay, cool. Start to listen to it. And holy fuck. Like, that's all I've got to say about my initial thoughts about Into Eternity, especially this album. Because, like, this is where I started. You know, I... And I think that what we're going to see a lot on this whole metal journey that you and I have is that we're not finding bands on their first and sophomore efforts. We're finding them on their third and fourth albums. You know, sure. Yeah. We go back, you know, Trivium, right? We we find them on Shogun, uh, Both My Valentine. We find them on, you know, their first, second album, Screaming Fire. But again, it wasn't until that second album we find them. You know, Five of the Blades, third album. We go to Unleash the Archers, and granted, I found them on their second album, but it wasn't until their fourth album that I really got into them. So again, same thing here with Into Eternity. This is their fourth album, right? So it's like, our thing is like, we we enjoy these bands. We love everything they've got. But right now, like this is the album that hook, line, and sinks me into and say do you like into eternity fuck yes i do and i'm gonna go back and find buried in oblivion and i'm gonna love beginning of the end i'm gonna love spiraling into depression i'm gonna go back and listen to dead or dreaming and i'm going to fucking love the segue from distant pale future to shallow to unholy fields of the dead to elysium dream like those four songs are fantastic so, I mean, and that's without Stu Block, like, but at the same time, yep. a, a band like Into Eternity is the fact that they have several vocalists come through, but the guitar player, their ringleader, so to say, is the vital piece of this band. And even after Stu leaves to join Iced Earth, where they release Sandstorm, well, first they release Fukushima, right? The single. Yeah, Fukushima is a great song. Which was released after incurable tragedy but was a, a standalone single before he actually really truly leaves they release sandstorm where you have a stew block vocal and a tim roth vocal for sandstorm yeah that's i've never at least in my recollection i don't recall something like that from a band that i've regularly listened to release two versions of the same song with two different singers for recording tracks of it yeah, like, like at the same time it came out like in the same week yeah, which granted they were just simple singles i think it was just like hey let's go in the studio let's record this and i listened to the both i'm like I, and I don't know which one i like better i think for sandstorm i think tim roth is better it's so crazy the fact that he himself has such a great vocal he does uh, have he does I do like his vocals too. And he's I not think, as wide as Stu. I don't think he has no, like the range, but he's still great. I like But his- to be a kick-ass guitar player, riff master, soloist, you know, to be technical in the prog death metal world, but to also be able to let it go 
Yep. While singing is insane. So, I mean, he, he is definitely a master of the instrument and the vocals. But to be able to find Stu Block to say, hey, you can do what I do, but I know you can do better. Do it for me instead so I don't have to do it is definitely genius in that sense. Sure. And I think that the the pairing of those two for this album, The Scattering of Ashes, is definitely a front-to-back banger. Banger. So I, I I just... I, I, I love this album. Yeah, and so, so you showing this to me is definitely... I still it, it definitely has shaped the metal journey. Oh yeah. So far. And I would not be here without this album because I definitely again I, I mentioned before, I was like, you want to see a crazy singer? Let's watch severe emotional distress. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Um and then just like this is kind of similar to oddly enough, Scream Aim Fire. One of the sentiments that we had was there's certain albums you can listen to. And it just brings you right back. This is one of those albums for me. And then Fukushima, the single, brings me right back to senior year at VCU. Like as soon as I hear it, I just think of like my last semester in college and us exchanging songs and Rage Fest and all that good shit. But there's some songs and some albums that just just bring you right back. And Scattering of Ashes very much does that for me. This, I think, and we'll and we'll get into the in flames rebound to remain episode here soon mm-hmm. i would say that in terms of music that i was exposed to by close friends i mean really it was billy and shoals and that was pretty much it in, in pobiac for a bit but outside of my own discovery just again doing youtube searches and just like random pop-ups like hey you like this band check out this suggested video So, I mean, this was definitely a band that was the first, you know, external exposure saying, hey, check out this band into eternity. They got a cool name. So check them out. And I did. And the first song I find, you know, just type in into eternity YouTube. Boom. Severe emotional stress pops up. And that's what I find, which happened to coincide with, you know, being Stu Block. So it's just a. It definitely takes <laughs> your breath away. Like, it, it takes yeah. your breath away. It's like it it's like in memory of like just finding out about how good this album is and just and what it meant to us as friends to be able to like this is like if we had to pick like the four cornerstones of our friendship in metal, I'm gonna say this album is is one it's, of them. It's up there for sure. Yeah. For sure. So I I mean I I don't want to like go into like the other three, but I, I will say like, what is the foundation cornerstones of Adam and Orion's friendship? Scattering of Ashes by Entry Attorney is one of those four. I agree. And I think that's, it's pretty cool that, you know, we're doing this now very early in the podcast because it is such a pivotal album for both of us in terms mm-hmm. of just our metal taste, the aggressiveness of the music, the vocals of the music, the fact that we were, you know, unfortunately, neither of us have been able to see into eternity. I know I saw them. Well, fuck Not you. together. I just told that story. <laughs> I wasn't listening. Great. <laughs> Good job, co-host. I saw uh, them in 2000. I want to say 2007. Everything before our friendship is dead to you. So it's dead it to me. Exist. 
No, I mean, he, dead to you. No, it's dead to you. It means it doesn't exist. Oh, so anything I saw before we met doesn't count. Yep. Metallica, gone. That's a shame. Camelot, that's a real, gone. That's a real shame. Creed, I'll keep it a secret. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only I were so lucky. No, but that's... yeah, but this band, like, it's just, it's a, such a big, heavy band. Their mm-hmm. musicianship is so, is, is bar none to everybody else. So the fact that if you did get to see them is fantastic. Like I would they're they're back together now, right? So yeah. Stu Block leaves, he goes and does the ice earth thing. They bring in another vocalist. They don't really do anything though. I stopped her. listening. Um I never listened to the sirens. I think it was an album with her. Um well, uh I don't Yeah, in twenty eighteen. Yeah. That was the album they recorded with her. And they even re-recorded uh, Fukushima with her. Um, okay. And I, 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 and Sandstorm is also on that album. Uh, they re-recorded Sandstorm and Fukushima with their new singer. I just, I mean, I hadn't listened to Into Eternity in a decade. So when that came out, I just frankly didn't listen to it. I knew it wasn't Stu or Tim really doing the vocals. And I, I was just not really interested in going down that path. So I never listened to it. But I know it has Sandstorm and Fukushima on it. Well, I don't know. Whatever. Let's go back to the album. That's good. <laughs> or, I shouldn't true. say good. I never listened to that one. My thing was, I think I watched. I think when it comes to concerts, I am very much a proponent of put your fucking phone down. No one, including yourself, is going to give a flying fuck about your cell phone recorded quality video tomorrow. Yeah. Especially not now at nine o'clock on a fucking Tuesday. But also the worst part is like, so you have your stupid ass cell phone up and 20 other douche nozzles in front of you have their cell phones recording the same thing. It's like, no one fucking cares. <laughs> Put your fucking phone down and just enjoy the show. I, I will. I, I, there was a band recently. Maybe it was Lamb of God or somebody that had a, like a rider saying they were taking cell phones from all the. It's pretty know, common in a lot of big um shows to not record like that i mean i'll admit at some shows what not i'll take some pictures like if i'm in a good spot like in between songs or something like that i'll take some pictures but i don't usually record videos of songs it's i'm gonna give rare. you I'll, I'll give you the first three songs the band's coming out firing on stage they're you know they're fucking pumped they're ready to rock and roll you know run into the second third song you know normally they'll run the second song straight from the first Maybe do a pause break for vocal, you know. Hey, how the fuck's everybody doing? Do a third song. I'll give you that. Have your sure. fucking cell phone out, take your fucking photos. But by the time the tenth song is out, and you're looking at Matt Heafy fucking winded as fuck. He's got his fucking sweat dripping, his big ass bald heads out there. Like, those are not flattering photos. Like, do you really care to take the time to take photos? Of a man singing, you know, Shadow of the Abattoir at this point? No, you're not. Just put your fucking phone away and just literally stand there next to your buddy and be like, wow, I can't believe Trivium's playing Shadow of the Abattoir. This is fucking awesome. Obviously, be a little more energetic about it, but, <laughs> you know, but like, but no one cares about your cell phone videos. So put that shit away. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree. All right. Well, I have no cell phone videos from the concert I went to to see Into Eternity. 
uh, approximately a thousand years ago. I guess this would have been, oh God, this would have been like 15 years ago that I saw them. Um, Let's talk about this album. All right. So, well, on that note, my guy. So, as we always do, let's start off album art. Thoughts, my guy. I mean, it's pretty cool. I will say, let me pull up like a higher res, like a bigger version of it. It, it, It's, I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like a statuesque looking person with literally just ashes falling out of their hand. I mean, it's cool. There's nothing that about it. I mean, this looks, I mean, I love this album, but I mean, this just looks like to me, like a metal album for the early thousands art cover. Like this could get lost in the sea with other ones for me. Um, it, it's dope. I mean, it's cool. It matches the n- title, obviously, but this this isn't like an. I don't remember this album cover art. Like, if you were to ask me, like, what does it look like? It's not like you know when I think of Power Slave or I think yeah. of like Ride the Lightning or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it, it's fine. Like, it's not ugly or poorly done or anything. It's just like you know, it's kind of whatever to me. Yeah. Well, I mean the. I, I've got the same sentiment there. I'll echo that. I mean, just looking into the the band's history, this one was the first one to not feature the Raven prominently. The only album artwork, you know, the incurable tragedy brings it kind of back. Mm-hmm. But the scattering of ashes is kind of like a standalone outlier. But I mean, nonetheless, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's right. It's 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 statuesque. It's you know got the blue, purple, gray tones throughout. It just says into eternity, and then right mm-hmm. below it says you know scattering of ashes in script. But well, I definitely think it's a it's pretty cool. I mean, I think of the five albums they have, it's probably the coolest cover they've got. Um, I I outside of yeah. I, I would say dead or dreaming is probably right there next to it. But I think in terms of when I think into eternity, I think. I, I think of the statuesque. That's what I think of. It's sure. Just, I, I, that's, <clears throat> I, I think because of you, and this is what I, again, I first got exposed to was this album. I think that's why I think this album cover, that's what I immediately think of. So it looks better to me than Incurable Tragedy. Incurable Tragedy's album art. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, it's it's about like you know, I think it's like his mom was dying from cancer and stuff like that, and like that's the whole is dead. But no, I mean, like storyline. Like I hate saying like, oh, and the incurable tragedy sucks. But no, the art, the album art doesn't yeah. look. It's yeah, album super art, busy. it doesn't. Yeah, it, it it's very busy. It almost like, like two bugs, like with red eyes. But this <laughs> one, the scaring of ashes, like it's it's very. I think it's perfect. It's like you've got the statue, you know, basically like almost pulling a fucking Tom Holland. And it's like, you know, Mr. Stark, I don't want to go. And it's like, too bad, bitch. <laughs> like, too bad, you little bitch. Yeah, it's like, as it just like, fades into ashes. Like, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, on that note... Let's get into it, my dude. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've cock gobbled enough of how great we think this album is. First song, this song sucks! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Novus and Symptom. I can't even fucking pronounce it. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the first track, uh, introductory track, Novus Inceptum.
that's enough for that i mean this is a i mean this is an it's an intro right i mean this isn't like a regular track so i don't think this isn't going to go in the listing for me for ranking you know what this makes me think of this is super random every time i hear this i feel i feel like i'm standing in line for like a roller coaster or one of those like indoor 3d rides and this is the shit that would be playing inside while you're waiting to like get onto the little train or cart or whatever that's what i don't know why that's always been what comes to mind i feel like i'm in line at like bush gardens or something for a ride yeah yeah i mean just like fire up the blades that intro was a little more fun this one is a complete waste like why the fuck would you give a minute and 40 seconds to your track, your album to just some like soundboard waves, just like mix, mix, mix. Like it's, there's nothing here that even justifies. It's just echoes and vibrations. So it could have been a minute long. It could have been cut in half. I mean, it's, I don't think it needs to be here. I don't think it's no damaging anything, but it's like, it's I'm, very indifferent about it again like we talked about fire blades if this is the intro to severe emotional distress that is fine i'm okay with the minute two minute intro for a song as the album opener knowing that this is it which it does it rolls into it but what you're telling me is that we know this intro is too fucking long and we wanted to get you right to the music, so we've cut it into an intro. And the second track is the track. So I, you know, for ranking sake, we're it's not going to be on the list. I'm going to count yeah. it. I just think it's silly. So on that note, the lead-off track: severe emotional distress. Let's fucking go. Go, 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 go. 
All right, boy. What do you think? Oh, boy. I mean, just just fire up them air sirens. Boy, severe emotional distress is a banger. What a banger. Just just kick in the crotch. Like if this were back to that, you know, like like roller coaster ride metaphor. You know, you're walking through the dark, like, I don't know about this with Novus and Septum, and you're like, I don't know, this is kind of scary. And then you walk through like those little turnstile doors, and Stu Block just spins around the corner and starts punching you straight in the dick. That's what this song does. No, you've gone too far. So I think with Novus and Septum. You're walking like through the final gates and it like gets you into your seat. Like you're oh, in the tram. Okay. And it's one of those things where it's kind of like the rock and roller coaster. Sure. At the, the Aerosmith one. Yeah. yeah. Universal Studios or the like Flight of Fear. No, definitely the rock and roller coaster, right? No Zetum is like, what is like, hey buddy, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> You're going to really like this. Hey, maybe take a Tylenol PM. Who knows? Maybe you're going to like it better. And it puts you in the roller coaster. And it's like, okay. And the song, it kicks in and it just goes, okay, okay. Like, I've never been into a journey. It's like, it starts out just like, boom. Just like a simple, just like chord, just like smooth groove. Oh, oh, little guitar action. No, okay, okay. I'm I'm in the tram, in the train. I'm riding around. I'm riding around, and then it just blasts me zero to eighty because, <laughs> like, it's got blast beats. You got Stu Blocks, like harsh, heavy vocals. Just like, holy shit, what the hell is happening? Severe emotional distress is the rock and roller coaster from Universal Studios. It is, God, it is fucking fantastic. Like, this song, this is the song. When I say metal music is such a wide, wide range. This song, vocally, you have Stu Buck's beautiful, beautiful clean vocals. Heavy, guttural vocals. His screeches. And you also have just melodic guitars, blistering solos, a grooving riff, all within a three and a half minute song. Mm-hmm. I find me another song that is that catchy. Granted, you and I are metalheads, so this is gonna cling to us more. But if I can show this to my wife, who's only become a metalhead here in recent years because if you're with me, that's what we're listening to. But her sister, who is not a metalhead, and I can show her this, and she's, you know, bobbing her head at the first part and then doing like the metal fisticuffs, just like, <laughs> metal you know, fisticuffs. you know, just like, you know, throwing her arms Adam's around. Adam's just flailing around right now. But, and, and like, you know, and then like, you know, bobbing around. Like throwing down like she's in a pit. And the next thing she know, you know, she's throwing on some fucking Miley Cyrus, you know, part of the USA. Like, this is a good, like, perfect, perfect introductory metal song. So it went out there. It's like it's it is firing on all cylinders out here. So 
yeah, severe emotional distress is a bangar. What a what a way to start. What a way to get this out. So you had mentioned, you know, looking this band up. Was this the first song that came up for you when I told you to look up Into Eternity? Yes. It probably was, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it wasn't with that excellent, like, 1080p quality video. No. It was, like... For re- a 180p or some shit. No, it was probably recorded with a fucking rock. Yep. <laughs> like, that music video was fucking garbage. Oh, like, you can't watch it now. It looks like somebody recorded it through 17 phones. And then threw that phone into the yeah. water and then tried to download it and the file got corrupted. And then they had to draw it from memory. And they ripped it. Yes. 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 All right. Well, I think so, we're uh I think we're in agreement there. I mean, what a so, banger. So what you're telling me is that that video is nothing. Mm. Next track. <laughs> What do you think on this one, my guy? I have heard again, I have burned a hole in this album. It always makes me laugh like 25 seconds in when Stu <laughs> when did the vocals kick in? Because every time I hear the song, I just picture like sitting in a room, like just kind of like bobbing a little bit, like okay, and you're just sitting there, and then his picture Stu Block just fucking kicks the door open and starts screaming into your face. Um, it's such a jarring, so jarring when the vocals kick in. Yep, I just played it again, and that is exactly because it's like it's it just like it it comes in. It's so it's jarring. The intro is very it's very just. You know, discombobulated. It's like, yeah, it, it's the groove is all over the place. And you're right. In about <laughs> in 25 seconds in, like I can just imagine it's like Stu Block just punched the door in, and it's like your dad <laughs> came home and just found out that you got in a fight at school, and yeah. you're sitting there playing video games, and he fucking flings the door open. Yeah. Like, what the shit? Um, also, He's like, this what song- is this endless suffering? What is this enduring pain? Are you casting a sign tolerance? This torture remains the same. What are you doing? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, daddy, no. I'm just trying to play Majora's Mask. <laughs> 
I love also I love the chorus in the song. Once it gets past the dick kicking um, and you get to the chorus. Uh, I love right. it. I wrote down fucking chorus. Right. Yes. Got it. Again. So good. And this just goes to show as much as I caught gobbled Britney's slays last week, Stu Block is a much better cock gobbler because whereas oh. Britney only had the cleans. Yes. Stu's Guy has the, it all. He's got the whole shit. He's got the whole toolkit for you to just just slob on the knob for him, which you're doing presently, which is understandable because it's pretty fucking great. This, yep. this is going to be tough, man. We got back to back just hard bangers. Stuff. I mean, the whole like the, 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 the first section of this album is so strong that every time I mean, I, I there, we ain't got we've got no skippers so far. Not a single skip here. Well, I think the intro is a skipper, but yeah, well, that doesn't really count. Ah, two out of two. No skippers. No skippers. That's good no, so far. Yeah, no, the chorus. I mean, just the way he says, you know, and I fall into nothing forever jaded and I hold in one to nothingness, dissolving my senses. Like, it's just like, I mean, lyrically, like Tim Roth writes good fucking lyrics. And when you pair it with excellent vocals, and just fucking just like how far can you push the limits of a fucking six string guitar? And it's like, fuck my brain up, buddy. Keep it yep. coming. I, right? And oh boy, do they. Oh, do they indeed. <laughs> Which literally just fucks the clock out of my head into a timeless winter. Are you ready to go? I am ready, buddy. Winter's uh, my favorite season. Mine's actually autumn. Next track. Timeless winter. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us off on this one. All right, buddy. So timeless winter. What do you think? This song is so good. This song is like it's just such a high level track, not just for this album, but honestly for me, just in like the metal sphere in general. I mean, I'm going to just kind of throw my, my cards out on the table here. Timeless Winter is one of my favorite metal songs of like 
all the bands that I like. So clearly this one's going to be pretty high on the list. If you want somebody to see the prowess of Stu Block, like, hey, man or lady, this singer for this band's range is insane. Just get to like the main segment and chorus of the song, and it has both ends. Timeless Winter is just so goddamn good. I was going to say timeless. You know what? I am going to say it. Timeless Winter is timeless. What a great damn song. Um, I'm pretty sure that I probably tried to forcibly make you listen to the song a few times pretty early into our friendship. Um, just fucking banger. So damn good. All right. Your thoughts. I think that Timeless Winter is, is it safe to say, a timeless track? I think it gets overtaken by the fact that coming off of nothing, and it's just basically like you're literally ending the song nothing, going into the next track, and it sounds like you're in the middle of a different solo of a different song. Mm. Grand you are, but... You know, ten seconds in, she's like, "Oh, is <laughs> did I miss? Is this like part two of nothing? Like, is this like a rush song? Like, is this like a th- a four part song? Like epic? You know, but but it's not. But it's an entirely different song. Two blocks vocals are fucking rock solid. Yes, and the fact that he is doing these like just scream vocals, and it's like." My heart is dead and dead and and discreet and singing that like, Bang. and then he and then he transfers into these black metal vocals within um and he's doing it again like he's literally doing four different vocal styles within one minute of each other, like the first the very I, first I, I, comment I say, yeah timeless winter is God it's so fucking good. It is good. It's so damn good. The first comment on the music video is quote unquote. So how many styles of metal vocals can you do? Followed by yes. Yeah. It's just. Uh, I, for me, this song, I like to imagine they all sat down to record a track and they're like, hey, what if we all just did everything we're really good at and just leveled it up and did it even better? And they're like, yeah, okay. Let's just make the best song that we can and this is what they came up with and it's just oh god it's so good all right let's let's move on before i make a mess on my desk here let's let's just keep moving to the next song well why don't you just carry yourself out okay the next track out
So, out. It's a weird title. It is. But I love, love, love this fucking song. It is a sleeper. Um, As Anthony, our uh, previous listener, he said the the car ride rating factor, you know, is it a short car ride? Do I play it or do I not? Mm. Is it part of a long car ride or not? Right. Out, out, if I'm worn out of severe emotional distress and timeless winter, out is going on, my guy. Um, it is, you know, from the intro, just it's just like Thomas Winter. It's like, am I entering another segment of this fucking saga? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, it's just I'm fucking getting thrown against the fucking wall, balls to the wall. Like, good God. And after the intro, it's like it's another fucking time change. Yep. And you got Stu Blocks heavy screamed vocals again like guttural vocals and he does that for you know a couple bars and then he's changed to the clean singing again yep it's just my man's all over the place he is so good this song is not meant to be a it's not my problem it's your problem this is definitely a song about friendship Mm. and This is a song again. This is probably why this song is probably really high on my list. Is this song really, I, I think, fights mental health? Mm. This song really focuses on friendship in the sense of we need to be there for one another. Sure. You know, the the intro of the song, it's heavy, it's guttural, out of sight, out of mind, chase of black, despondency, out of sight, out of mind, my spirit crushed by agony. It's like, Fuck this world. But then the song pretty much changes. Sure. Yeah. Altogether, it's like as the light in your eyes fade from your lifeless body, transcending on your way out, you know, desperation, dejection, and eventual ending, spiral um spiraling into a void, lethal and incurable. It's a different tone. Yeah. You know, it's like it's almost like you're singing the first part and I'm singing the second part, and the fact that you know, the way I read this song is that, you know, as the light in your eyes fade from your lifeless body, I don't like that. Hmm. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the light in your eyes fade away because you're my best friend. I don't want to see you wither away because you have found a way out. This is a suicide song. Hmm. And I don't like that. And yeah. I, I think this is a let me guess later in the song, and you know it says stand on the edge, you know, euthanasia going over the edge, not the answer. So like this is I love this song, but I think it's because of double sided meaning. Sure. Of it's like this is your way out, but look what you leave behind. Because it's out of sight, out of mind for you, look what you leave behind. Right, but not everybody else. It's a heavy <laughs> song. There's a lot of themes that Into Eternity deals with. I mean, yeah, 
like we talked about the incurable oh, their well, follow-up album the incurable tragedy is literally yeah. about his mom dying from cancer uh, yeah it, mean, it was, it's his dad but yeah but, was it his dad oh yeah, it was okay. dad. Hmm. well i think you know kind of talking about what we said at the beginning and even you know in earlier albums there's songs and albums that can bring you right back to where you were and sometimes that's great and sometimes it's not right like there are some songs like right now not good let me yeah. pour another glass of wine there you go i mean there there are some some songs that do that like um what deliver us from evil one of i mean that song brings me back to a pretty terrible time in my life, but it's still one of my favorite songs in that album. And it transports me. It's a duality where it's one of my favorite songs, but every time I hear it, I just think of like bad stuff that happened. So, I mean, I'll, I think that's I'll kind of the, forever and always for you to make you feel better. That'll make me feel better. Cause it'll instead fill me with rage instead of <laughs> sadness out for me is um, it's, it's, it's such a vexing song for me because thematically it's, one of, if not the most powerful songs on the album. I think that it has a very straightforward, albeit really difficult message. Um, and I think the writing in it, although simple, is very like very powerful. Um, Stu's vocals on this, for me, is very strange because it has actually in one track, it has my fav- one of my favorite vocal moments on the entire album and one of my least favorite vocal moments on the entire album in the same song, which is really weird. So like when the chorus first kicks in for out, when he's saying out of sight, out of my mind, like in that kind of like, yeah, th- that part, every time I hear it, I'm like, I don't like the way this sounds. But then it's about two minutes in, there's that part where his vocals fade back in like multi-layered. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Where it echoes mm-hmm. back in. That shit gives me chills every time. So that's one of my favorite vocal moments in the song. How, how it's heavy. It, it's a really, really heavy song. And it's one of those things that I love it, well, but I also don't. Well, well, also, you have the dichotomy between... Exactly. We also have Tim. So, And this is, I think, one of the first tracks where we really see tim come back as a vocalist yeah which i think is well they do a great great job of you have tim and Stu doing vocals and i think we talked about this before it's like you know i don't like these because i can't tell the difference between the vocalists whereas i think with into eternity it's nice having the fact that you can have two different singers sound the same Mm -hmm. to where it's almost like you're doing an echo or a chorus on your own vocal, yeah. but that's it's a different member of the band. Like Def Leppard does a great job of that. Like they can all sound the same and give each other a chorus effect to where it's not like you're doing you know, like a five piece like baritone acapella band. No, but like yeah, like definitely when they're doing the chorus between Tim Roth and Stu, where he's doing those highs, or he's doing like someone's doing highs, someone's doing lows, like and it blends so well together. Yep. God. Heavy song. I, I just... All right. But on to that. So let us carry on and go to a past beyond memory.
God damn it. All right. All right, buddy. All right. So next track, A Pass Beyond Memory. This is your album. Yeah. What do you think? I love the middle of this song. There's like this like interlude section or like this this the section like about a minute and fifteen in, where it's just like this like groovy dun 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 for like a while. I just I love that song. This is just a cool song. And then, you know, thirty seconds later it goes all fast and heavy and stuff again. Pass Beyond Memory um is not it doesn't necessarily stand apart from some of the other songs in the album. Like this isn't going to be necessarily like a top, you know, this isn't going to be like a door buster or be one of the biggest bangers, but every song in this album has a part in it that I'll be like, Oh yeah. Like that's pretty fucking cool. Like that's pretty groovy. A uh, pass me on memory has that like towards the middle. Is this song super high on my list? No. Is it still a certified a plus banger? Yes. That's like when your teacher says, "Like, did you do well on the test? Yes, but I hate you." <laughs> yes, and I love the ending to it too. I just, ah, oh, god damn it! I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do this, Adam. Can they all just be one and two? <laughs> so I'll say, like a lot of albums that we've reviewed in the past, I think follow up tracks to a like a an emotional track cling to you a little better because it's got that hanger on effect to it. Mm. So I think coming off out into a past beyond memory, you know, standalone track wise, I mean, killer opener, right? Just a straight, like just like kind of drum opening. Yep. And you're right that, 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 that groove that hits in about a minute in minute 15 in like, it's fucking heavy, but there's something about just like that solo like this is definitely a musician's song. Like, yeah, it's it it's all over the place, all throughout. But the fact that with Tim Roth is able to tie it all together into one cohesive piece of music is fantastic. Um, do I rate it high? You know, we'll see. But I think that musically, I think it's just great. Like that. That's yeah. all. I'll say. It's like it's lyrically, it's not fantastic compared to out. But I'd just say that the way it starts, that groove section, it's it's tasty. It's fucking tasty. Tasty. So um yeah, I mean it's 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 a tasty, it's a tasty tasty track. Yeah, I, I don't know that it'll ever be super high on my list. But I mean, at this it, point, it's almost like we're in a concept album in a sense. A sure. little bit. Yeah, but so again, you know, going back to like the old Unleash the Arches aspect, it's like if it's not a part of the album, fucking hate it. Going from out into Surrounded by Night fits well. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fits well. Yeah. So, all right, buddy. Well, on on that now, watch out, watch out, watch out. You're surrounded by night. Surrounded by night, it's the darkest 
I'm gonna go first on this one. So, <laughs> you dumb bitch. Surrounded by night. Good golly, Miss Molly. The guitar intro on this severe emotional distress. Fucking balls to the wall guitar. You start with just a tasty, nasty riff on nothing. You go into a fucking middle of a solo in timeless winter. You start with just balls to the wall and out. Another just tasty groove on a pass beyond memory. Surrounded by Night starts off with just like I got a jazz guitar, a jazz guitar, as they may say. And then they do like a harmony with it where there's also another acoustic guitar playing a lead and they're doubling up on the same guitar. And again, Tim Roth, here we go again. Just excellent, excellent, stellar guitar playing and Stu Block coming in, doing a little light vocal melody over top of it all. I fucking love this track. Like, it's such a, it's a, like a Mentos tab on the tongue. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air. Cause like, good God, I am dying. Just spent. Yeah, I'm spent after these five first fucking tracks. And it's like, I still got five to go. And then Stu's like, oh, was that tasty and fresh? Fuck you. Here we go. Here is just double bass, blast guitars, right at your chest again. I tricked you, you dumb bitch. It has a very, and I think this is very much a trivium track. The second Mm. half with the dual guitar harmonies where they're like building up, building up and stuff. Like this is Shogun all night. Um, I fucking love this song. This song has always had a special place in my heart. This this song probably has like a similar, you know, not necessarily the same type of theme, but kind of evoking a similar feeling that it out does for you. Surrounded by night always hits me hard in the feels, especially right after like the 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 beginning part, the lyric, I'm dying to be home. That part has always gotten me. And then it like gets into the, 
you know, the heavy shit. I, I love Surrounded by Night. I think this song is beautiful. Um, I think it's awesome. It's just, it's, it's a really thorough song. It has a lot going on. It's just, it's just really damn good. I will never skip this song. It's, it's awesome. It has a long outro and I'll never skip it. I love this song. I, I think this is one of the better yeah, holistic um, songs on the album. Yeah. I and mean, this is a, a meaningful outro. This is no forever and always like you love. Um, Ugh, God, <laughs> but, I feel like this song m- might've been better placed at the end of the album, to be honest. This might have been a good way to end the album. We will get to my thoughts about the last track later, but I do not disagree. I love the song. Sure. I think that this would definitely be a fantastic closer, just like Apex was for Apex. Apex. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Banger. Next. All right, buddy. Well, I will see you in the eternal. told me hey my pick into eternity scattering the ashes i'm just like oh fuck yeah desert island album easy no prep work needed <laughs> then i did my prep work and i've come to the realization the scattering of the ashes is not desert island album it's not a desert album nope why is that Thank you, Eternal, for fucking this all up. <laughs> um, Eternal is filler. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Eternal is if you took a bunch of con like ideas for other songs and we're like, well, I mean, we have these leftover jigsaw pieces. Let's just put together a song real quick. Uh, yeah, I guess that fits. Let's do it. Uh, Eternal to me is the least thought out song on this album. It feels like bits and pieces of ideas for other songs that ever came to fruition and they decided to just throw them in the microwave and see what comes out. I mean, 
the it's literally two seconds longer than the worst track. Oh, sorry, spoke too early. Um, it's two seconds longer than another track that it's three minutes. It's it's three minutes too long of a song. Yeah, I I don't I don't yeah, nope. Eternal like it's nothing about it really gets me going. It's literally if I'm listening to the car, I'm hyped on surrounded by night. And I'm ready to get through to the next track, which is Pain Through Breathing. through breathing this is the stepsister to out look at my rankings between where i ranked them before i'm just like yeah makes sense I, I love this song i think it's the the mantra you know going back to the whole suicide aspect of it all songs like this people cling to when they are in dark states so i can see where out and I can see where pain through breathing can be songs that someone may cling to. Mm. Me personally, this is definitely a song I clung to. And I was like, hmm, pain through breathing. It's like, yeah, waking up is hard to fucking do. Living my day, each life is fucking hard to do. So I definitely praise Tim and Stu for writing this song because it extrapolates on out i think in a sense 
and gives another outlet for someone. Do you like the theme, like the thematic elements of the lyrics, stuff like that? Correct. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the song, like a lot of the theme and lyrics and things like that, I mean, and I think this is not an uncommon theme in this genre. It doesn't inherently need to be like a negative thing, but a lot of times it's about being in that headspace and writing that music when you're in that headspace or evoking the feelings you would have if you were in that headspace. And unfortunately, or maybe not even unfortunately, I mean, I guess it's all subjective because it's art, but a lot of the songs that are in the space are about either like evoking or capturing that feeling. And sometimes it's not about finding an answer. Sometimes it's just the song encapsulates like this is being in this dark place and this song is going to be in that dark place and it's not going to end with finding your way out. Like this song is just what it feels to be in that. Um, And I think this song captures that pretty well. No, this is not like a happy song or something that you you should be potentially, you know, leaning on, right? Like it's not going to make you necessarily feel better. Lean Um, on me. (laughs) That would be a better choice. (laughs) <laughs> That'd be a better choice. I've I like this song. Um, it feels heavy, and I mean literally, like it evokes a feeling of like there's weight to the song. Oh yeah, when it's, I listen it's, to it's it, a, yeah, it's heavy song yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I think, and this is gonna sound weird, like there are certain songs that I kind of like to lean into that feeling. As strange as that sounds, I don't know, maybe not to sound like a masochist or whatever, but like sometimes you want to have that that attachment to the song. Like if it's talking about kind of these dark elements and feeling in a place of not helplessness, but feeling like there's a great burden on you and a weight on you. And sometimes you just lean into that a little bit. And sometimes you don't, you shouldn't or don't want to or whatever, but sometimes songs kind of evoke that. And, you know, I find myself kind of leaning into that a bit. And this song does that, um, especially with the kind of the, 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 that heavier, slower pieces in it. Is it my favorite song? No. Um, Is it a powerful song? Yes. So, yeah. I'm torn on this one. I both love it and also have similar sentiments to to you that, you know, it's not necessarily the best thing to be listening to all the time. But yeah, I still like it. All right. Are you ready to suspend your disbelief? No. Well, too bad. That's what we're going to do. All right. Suspension of disbelief.
suspension of disbelief. Your thoughts, my guy. All right. Here's what I'll say about suspension of disbelief. I have to be in the right mood to listen to the song, meaning that I need to be hydrated. I need to be sitting down like this song is a lot. And I don't necessarily mean that from like a, a thematic element or lyrical content or anything like that. It's just so much going on. And I just feel like Stu is screaming through my ear hole into my brain. I, again, I really have to be in this in the mood for this song. It's just so it's so much. It's just so much packed into the song. Um, it's really hit or miss for me. It's really I have to be in the right mood for this song. It's just kind of a lot. I concur. Yeah, this one. I do love the dichotomy between the yeah. the heavy vocals and his clean vocals, and they go back and forth, the dark and light. But it definitely takes a toll on you, especially just if we're listening to this from you know top to bottom. Top to bottom. I mean, <laughs> I mean, coming from out to past my memory, surrounded by night, eternal panther breathing into this suspension of disbelief like it's i don't know how much more i can take like i'm getting my ass beat by this point <laughs> and musically again fantastic guitars kick ass Stu's vocals top notch but just the the song itself with the back and forth between someone's doing heavies it's either tim or Stu. i can't tell yet like they're doing a dichotomy between the two it, it, it's just a heavy song and i just I, i'm right there with you buddy it's just it's a lot it is a lot yeah. So. Yep. All right. Last On track. Last track, buddy. Then it's ranking time. As a closing track, I think it really, it does well. Opening, it's thrashy. You know, it's got heavy, harsh vocals. The, I mean, overall, it's just, it's it's heavy. But God damn it. As soon as Stu Block starts doing his clean vocals, I just throw my fucking hands in the air. How so? I think Paralyzed would be a fantastic track 
if it was nothing but clean vocal, excuse me, if it was nothing but guttural vocals all throughout, with the exception of the chorus, right? I do so, love the chorus. So he says, paralyzed with fear in your eyes. Like, if if he's, so he's doing the guttural vocals in the first part of the verse, but then he segues into a cleaner vocal, you know, flowing perpetual streaming, your dismay is concerning. Keep that heavy. Sure. You know, it's like, your dismay is concerning. And then he goes into the paralyzed, you fear in your eyes. Like, I just think that that would be like that metalcore sound of of the heavy vocal in the melodic chorus. I think that would be fine. I think that sure. would make the song better. But just the way, just the way that he does, like the the graduated step from like harsh vocals to like a a song to a clean, but then reverts back. It just it, it really kind of like. Does it throw you? Yeah, because sure. then he because he he's like the way he says like never to falter again and again. The truth has long since died. The way that he says that in a guttural vocal is ten out of ten phenomenal. But then it's like your dismay is concerning. It's like you sound stupid. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? Get out of my face! Like, <laughs> Get out of my face! Oh man. Like, We're, this is one of the only songs we might disagree on. I I like Paralyzed quite a bit. Um, I, it's, it's not my favorite. This song is pretty middle of the road for me. I agree. I think some of the choices. I don't mind the switch to the cleans. I would me, have liked I, I to have tried, seen the song. I've tried sure. so many times to try to like the song because I think that it what they're trying to do fits, yeah. but it never does for me. I just can't I, get I, past it. I get it. I this. I mean, this song is legitimately middle of the road for me i like the clean chorus but that being said like there are somewhat similar songs in this album that i think fare a little better but then there's others that i actually like this a little more so i mean this the sync the song is pretty much smack dab in the middle for me there's things about it i like quite a bit things about it that are eh, not not as sweet but still still pretty cool so paralyzed it gets a pass for me is it the best song no is it the worst song no all right. Well, well, thank God we're done because I was paralyzed after that song. Yeah, this is a hard. This is a hard song for a number of reasons, right? You talk about the theme, the lyrical content, like just how intense this album is. This is not an easy like. Oh, let me we listen to the track, jot down a couple of notes, move on to the next one. It's just like you're getting blasted back into your chair for an hour. For sure. Yeah, I mean, especially because it's like oh. You like surrounded by night. It's like, boop, 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 boop. okay, it's a little easy track. It's like, oh god! And then by the end, it's like you're just like, I thought we were taking a break. It's like we were for twenty seconds. Fuck you little yeah! Bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just, but I mean, come paralyzed. It's like, thank God it's over. Yeah. And, and then Spotify is like, oh, did you want to hear the incurable tragedy? Let's fucking go. I'm just like, no, I just wanted to take a break. No, I can't. Man. I can't. I mean, tides of blood. Holy shit. Come on, man. Don't you just want to take a break, man? (laughs) Please. Uh, Honorable mention to Fukushima as just one of my favorite Into Eternity tracks. I mentioned it earlier, but god damn, song's so fucking good. All right, let's 
I'm a big fan of the Stu, uh, the the Tim Roth Sandstorm. Yeah, it's good too. But Stu's Fukushima is one of my favorite intraterrestrial songs. All right, let's do the hard work of ranking these songs. I- I'll be honest; this is going to be tough for me. I think my ten is. <laughs> I think my one and ten are locked. I think my two through nine are <laughs> super variable. If you talk to me tomorrow, they could change at any time. My two through five have changed pretty dramatically over the years. My one and ten have not. Literally, my two through three change during this. Yeah. And my four through nine change <laughs> during this. Like, it's just like, oh, wait, you know what? You know what? You know what? I That's actually happened to me a few times. do like that. So I just, yep. so. All right, so number 11 for you. Nova's number 11? I mean, I, I'm not counting it in the ranking, Nova's but I guess 10. I would say Nova's and Septum, so right. jump number, to number 10. All right, number 10 for you? Eternal. I doesn't need to be here. It's just a filler track. I don't love it. It's not a bad song. It's just not nearly as good as the rest. Skip for me, number 10, Eternal. Watch out, boys and girls. We're on the double choo-choo train. <laughs> number 10 for Adam, Eternal. Back to back, fucking cellar dwellers. Yep, we had Shadow Guide for, <laughs> for Unleash the Archers, and now we both have Eternal for number ten. So we're not uh, so different after all. Maybe not. Well, we'll see. That's probably going to change here immediately. Number nine, <laughs> my number nine is. Uh, I'm already. Str- I'm already looking at this list. Like, is it number nine? My number nine right now. You know what I'm going to preface by saying right now is a past beyond memory for me. I don't know why. It's just not after listening. I don't know. It just, it's just kind of a middling track for me at the moment. Past beyond memory, number nine for me. Okay. Uh, mine's paralyzed. Okay. Yeah, I figured like, as much. I mean, like once I get past number eight, then it's pretty stellar. But it's these bottom tracks. I mean, honestly. I would be okay without Eternal, and I would say this would be a desert island. But yeah, Eternal's my least favorite song. It, it's usually I think a skipper. Eternal kills it for me because I think that's what makes it not desert island. Because I'd like Paralyzed, but not as much. I'd like it as a track, sure, but it's not my go-to. But in terms of like front to back, does it slap? Yeah or nay? Eternal kills it. So. Yeah, I don't think Eternal is a killer for me, but it's my least favorite song. But on the album. no, but that's what kills it for me for being a desert island. You know, mm. a desert island album has to be front to back bangers and it slaps. Yeah, I don't think I've had a desert album so far yet on this podcast because Forever and Always is an <laughs> auto killer. That song <laughs> just ruins everything. It's like a just a just a disease. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Chris, Chris texted me about that. Uh, oh God, what did he say? I'll try and find the text later. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, like, I think I said, I think, so low? oh God, you know what? Hold on. I just, I gotta, I don't know. Hold on. This is worth, this is worth taking a couple of seconds to texting a uh, text timeout. Te- good old text timeout. He was giving me his live, like, uh, feedback at, while listening. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> three weeks later. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Chris said that he's he's having a bunch of laughing. He says he's he's like I laughed when you said it started with this might be harsh, and then you said this track is offensively bad. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Uh, that song fucking sucks. Uh, what are we talking about? Right. Number nine? No, eight. Number eight for you, my guy. This actually has moved in in the other direction because I think today I just can't. So number eight for me is suspension of disbelief. It's just a, it's just too much scrote punching for me today. It, it fell down a few slots. Suspension of disbelief is usually pretty high for me. Trying to listen to it again today, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like I can't even sit through this whole this is a lot right now. So it, it slid down a few spots for me. All right. So for our listeners out there, screaming fire, fire up the blades, apex, Orion, will you get the fuck off my goddamn list? Number eight for me is suspension of disbelief. Dude, we are almost always on point with songs we don't like. We always agree. It's like, it's, uh, Billy said it is like, he's like, oh, so, you know, your tastes are different, but they're the same. And he's like, they're not fucking different. They're the fucking same. Here's what's different about it. Like, this is, this is, this is why we're same, same, but different. Uh, we share hatred of things we don't like. That's... And we have varying levels of things we do like. You know bango, what I'm saying? Bango. Which is great and also hilarious. Because once we get past the first couple of tracks, like it always starts off like, oh yeah, I, I can see why you don't like that one. Oh yeah. And then we get to like seven or eight, you fucking idiot. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> why are we friends? Exactly. All right. So number seven is, for you. Um, I feel like this can move around a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna say paralyzed at number seven. Okay. So that puts my number seven at your number nine, which is a pass beyond memory. Yeah. So, yep. and I think from here on out is where we're going to definitely. Oh, yeah. I already know. We're going to be pretty different here. Taste the heat. Yeah. So your number, your number six. My number six is pain through breathing. God damn it. So I spoke too soon. Is that my also number six? <laughs> That's also pain through breathing. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Uh, oh so, boy. Uh, again, I just honestly seven through probably four hmm. are in, are interchangeables sure. at this point. Sure. Maybe seven through three, but definitely <laughs> seven through four. Yeah. All right. Um. It's just this again, just like last week. Yeah. yeah. With Apex, like it's just what song. Do I not like the most at this point in time? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. So number six was Panther Breathing. Number five yep. for you. Uh, number five for me is out. Really strong song. Again, we're in a we're in a razor thin separation at this point. Um, I do love out. It does have that kind of dichotomy for me where it, it, it vexes me because again, it has my favorite, one of my favorite vocal moments on the entire album, and also one of my least favorite vocal moments on the entire album. Um, so that, that, that kind of spins, but overall as a whole track, it's one of the stronger ones. You just can't dethrone some of my top songs. Gotcha. Yeah. So for me, my number five is surrounded by night. Mm. The, again, as I stated, like the guitar, like the guitars on this alone mm -hmm. would be number one on like any other album. Sure. Like, because on this album, it's at number five. Yep, that's fair. 
So. That's fair. I'm actually, a, I am a little surprised that that's at five for you, but I can, I can see why. I mean, five is still good. All right. Next. Yeah. Again, it's like, it's just my number, like my top three are locked. Yeah. But so are mine. You know, on a bad day, well, this yeah. would creep up into a, a higher slot. So, but sure. Anyway, number four for you? Uh, nothing is number four for me. I really love this song. So, <laughs> is this happening again? Is this your number four? Is it really? <laughs> this might be the most like synchronicity we've had we so far. I, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> my number four is nothing. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty great. This is the most we've agreed yes, as this, a podcast. And I think that's because this album is what we've ever most agreed on. It's true. Um, your wow. number three? Uh, my number three is severe emotional distress. Oh, thank God. Uh, did you think it was happening again? Uh, I think this kind of suffers from the waking the demon uh, thing of having just listened to the shit out of that song. Yeah. I mean, that's not always applicable, but I've heard some severe emotional st- distress so many times that I always enjoy it. It got surprisingly dethroned from the number two slot, which I'll talk about in a moment. But yeah, severe emotional distress, killer track number three. Uh, my number three is Timeless Winter. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It just, um, this one flirts with number one, three, and two for me. Yeah. Uh, it's never going to be number one fantastic fucking track but when i'm thinking of introducing someone into eternity i'm not thinking timeless winter yeah there are other tracks that i'm gonna say hey i'm gonna introduce them to them all right number two for you my number two uh has jumped a number of slots i am i am a more mature adult now adam so number two for me is surrounded by night Whilst you show me your baby photo, I'm like, I bet you he's like thankful he's surrounded by night right now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was showing you that because, um, so he he had you know he has a little the thing he zips up into to sleep, yep. and now he's turned into a regular little goddamn Houdini. So at night he can he always can pop his left arm out, and of course he's a baby, so he's just like, oh sweet freedom, and he just jams his hand into his mouth, and half the time it wakes him up. That's why I was showing you that in case I had to abruptly run out of the room. But thankfully, it seems as though he's gone back to sleep. That's good. So yeah, anyways, number two, Surrounded by Night. Um, yeah, I, I just is a beautiful song. Love that song. Banger. Banger. So my number two, the go-to, Severe Emotional Distress. Was, all, was my number two. Literally only slid into third place tonight. It's always been my number two. Until tonight, I had it at number one, but I was like, no, like after like more listens, I was like, again, just like Awakening was my number two. Yeah. It's slid in number three. This one, it's like, it's, it's my go to, but it's not, this is my, my fan go to. That's fair. Yeah. This is not my, personal go-to yeah so with that being said your number one is (laughs) this is but this is my 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 fan go-to and just metal song go-to and frankly i think if you were to ask most people it would probably be their answer and i I ain't ashamed about it my number one pick is timeless winter Uh, i love this song it's so damn good 
I've heard this song more than any other song on this album and more than any other song by Into Eternity by far. I will never get tired of it. Timeless winner. Timeless banger. Number one. Yeah, it's my number three. I mean, I. Fantastic fucking song. So good choice on that. Um, so that leaves me with my number one is out. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. As much time as we spent on that discussion, like it's I am just speechless. Just even talking about it now at number one like it's just a it's a track that there are songs in life that stick with you that you don't think stick with you until you re-examine it the way out strikes a chord with me on this album like it's not that it's not severe emotional stress it's not timeless winter it strikes a chord with me mentally sure that over like that supersedes Thomas Winter for you, right? I think when you're when you're looking at best song, it's pretty subjective. Depending on are you looking at this from like how it impacts you personally? Are you looking at it like from a musicianship standpoint? Well, like, no. Oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to take that in consideration, but at the same time, it's like, but also you can't rule out how it affects you personally. No, I agree. But every yeah. song is going to affect. People yeah, differently, yeah, exactly. like um, surrounded by night, hits me harder than out does. Yeah, but exactly. It's like, yeah. I've got it at five. You got it at two. Um, I think I really our biggest swing is one to five. I mean, I think out is our biggest swing. I've got it at one. You got it at five. That's probably the smallest gap we've yeah. had on this podcast. A, a one to five swing, and well, no. just the amount of the amount of. Also, no, 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 same no. listings. No, like this is the tightest we've got so far. So right. I'll, I'll read it off. So, um, your number. So, starting with um, ten through one, you have eternal, a past beyond memory, suspension of disbelief, paralyzed, pain through breathing, out, nothing, severe emotional distress, surrounded by night. Thomas Winter. Yes. I have yes. eternal, paralyzed, suspension of disbelief, a past beyond memory, pain through breathing, surrounded by a night, nothing, timeless winter, severe emotional stress, and out. So, like, literally, the, the biggest gap that we have in rankings is one to five, and it's out. Yeah. Lily on the last record, our biggest swing eight was Apex. It was one yeah. to eight. Yeah. That was our biggest swing. And ten thousand to one was also eight to one, which is pretty nuts. Yeah. Um so so I but I just think out is I, I think for a you know, as a if I take the personnel out of it, I would say probably surrounded by night or nothing would be the go to. Mm. This album, sure. Um, because again, severe emotional distress and Thomas Wonder are great songs, but I just think that, and as I have ranked them, you know, five and what did I say, surrounded by night and nothing, doesn't matter. Um, they're high ranked on my list, but I just think that out is a good. And I hope that anyone that made listen to this podcast realizes that in the sense of 
that is the whole point of metal music is to be a relief to be an out for your emotions but to understand at the end of the day this is not the end all be all but metal music can be the outlet an easy outlet for you to seek of a way to just release the emotion that is pent up with inside of you and as much as that you know we like you and i are metal fans and love this type of music it's aggressiveness it's raw emotion um when one of us is down there's somebody else to pick us up right so and i can think that's a great thing about our friendship is that we orion i love metal music and the fact that we can really dive deep you know we really haven't had a chance to do so until now you know uh, crusade was pretty relatively light screaming fire was relatively light fire with blades was fantasy apex was a concept this was i i think the first album that we really have dealt with you know the human emotion the human burden of life and it's been i think a fun trip for us to go down and, and that's, that's why i think personally for me out is such a because we're not actually listening to these tracks live right now like we, we listen to beforehand right we write our notes about it all if you one thing if we were sitting in like in front of the band and they were just doing like a live recording of this but i think uh, that soon though um you know especially bands that we listen to quite a bit when we see a new track has been released or a new single has let's try when that happens to not listen to it and hop on together and just a live listening yeah that'd be, yeah. That'd be fun That'd be fun. Yeah. We should definitely do that. Well, speaking of out, we should probably get out of here momentarily. So do we want to jump into this is music? Trying, we can't find anything. Seriously, what is all this shit? I mean, what are you even looking for? Madonna, Blondie, Bowie, Beatles, music. We need music. This is music. Oh, I guess so. Hmm? So, yeah. So, again, Good time doing this. So Absolutely. for our This Is Music, you know, again, our segue into finding new bands. So for this week, I have a band called World Under Blood. Oh. This is a one-off band. Um, They have one album, and it is a pretty straightforward, just melodic death metal. The lead singer is the lead singer of CKY. So if oh if, oh yeah that's right. They had one album called Tactical with the lead single called A God Among the Ways. It opens up, kicks you in the dick, and you're like, holy fuck, this is awesome. So yeah, definitely check out. I mean, they're not torn, so it's not something you're gonna miss, but definitely eight tracks of solid, solid, solid just melodic death metal. So World Under Blood is my take this week. I like it. I like it. All right. So mine is going to come really out of left field. And I I think this is going to be something that's not really considered. So this is uh, kind of hearkening back to from the listener mail that we got from Anthony talking about um, Horse the Band and talking about, you know, Nintendo Core and stuff like that. This is really random. 
but I'm actually going to recommend a video game soundtrack. Let me let me give a little bit more context here. Boo! I'm Man, recommending that is the, the deletion <laughs> of the episode. Shut up. All right. <laughs> this is really random, but if you haven't listened to this, Adam, there's one track you got to listen to. This is Doom, the original soundtrack from 2016, as composed and performed by Mick Gordon. In particular, if you haven't, you need to listen to the song Rip and Tear by Mick Gordon. It is a, as we call on our podcast, a certified banger. You should pop that shit on right now. It will make you want to just go fuck somebody up. It's awesome. Uh, But that's my recommendation. Because you know what? There's no vocals. There's no nothing. So if you're like, you know, I kind of like the heavy stuff, but kind of easing into this, just pop this bad boy on and, you know, start shooting some zombies and shit. Well, on that note, I I think we've got some good stuff. And please continue to like and share our post on social media, on Facebook and on Twitter. And we do have a Facebook page, the Metal Oasis Facebook page. So please Give us a share on that and follow us. And we are at on Twitter at the Metal Oasis. Uh, I try to post as much as I can on that. And most frequently, we do have our email address, the Metal Oasis at gmail.com. Again, that's the Metal Oasis at gmail.com. So please send me your feedback. On that note, um, thank you, buddy. Next week is still up in the air. I'm trying to make some moves about who we can get on the show. We got a couple ideas floating out there. So mm-hmm. but in the meantime, we have enjoyed everybody listening. We will see you next week with a big surprise about what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> and Orion, buddy, I will catch you on the flip side. Later, my dude.